You're listening to Public Domain Players. Thank you for coming on such short notice, Quince. I am indeed glad for the company. Hey, no worries. I could tell you might be in need of a pick-me-up after I read your telegram. Cheers. Cheers. Mmm, good stuff. Now, what exactly is wrong with Lucy? That's the trouble. She has no shortage of symptoms. Chronic weakness, trouble sleeping, loss of color in the hands and face, but they... They don't add up to anything. I I can't link it to any functional disturbance or disease I've ever treated before. Damn. How's her mother taking it? As best she can, given the circumstances. She does her best to stay cheerful, for Lucy's sake. But underneath it, she shares that same troubled mind that I do. Something is wildly off, but neither of us can make out exactly what. How do you plan to proceed, then? Well, it's a long shot, but I've sent a telegram to an old mentor of mine, Professor Abraham Van Helsing. He is a specialist in the world of obscure diseases, and I hold his opinions in high regard. If there's anyone who can decipher what's wrong with Lucy, it is him. I am sure of it. Thank you for your kind words, my dear Jack, but you think too highly of me. I'm only a man, after all. Professor, what a surprise. I wasn't expecting to hear from you until tomorrow at least. Why didn't you write? I felt it best not to waste time. I was very intrigued by what you told me of the young lady's condition. And from what books and experiences I have in such cases as this, time is of the very essence. You don't think it's that serious, do you? There is only one way to tell. Where is Miss Lucy now? She's in her room, resting. With your permission, Jack, I would very much like to see Miss Lucy right away. Well, of course, by all means. And as for, uh... Morris. Quincy Morris. Ah, (laughs) Mr. Morris, um, go outside and fetch my bags from the driver. There are certain medicinal items in them that we may need if my theories be true. Theories? Do you mean to say that you know what's wrong with Lucy? There's only one way to tell. Please, take me to her. Come in. Lucy, what are you doing out of bed? I couldn't lay down anymore. My mind is so restless. I must capture it. Lucy, there is someone here I'd like you to meet. This is Professor Van Helsing. He's come all the way from Amsterdam to see you. Good evening, Professor. You must forgive my appearance. If I'd known you were coming, I would have worn something with less stains. There's nothing to forgive. You're an artist, I see. I've been sketching for as long as I can remember. Most of the paintings in the house are Lucy's work. Indeed. You have quite the talent, my dear lady. What is it you are working on now? I don't quite know. 
I've been having trouble sleeping. I experience these dreams. Nightmares. They are so vivid, it's as if I'm there. And there are these eyes. Two blazing red eyes piercing through me behind a sea of black. <clears throat> Forgive me, I'm talking nonsense. Not at all. Please, tell me more about these dreams. <clears throat> Jack, may I have a quick word with you out in the hall? Of course. You'll both excuse me a moment. What is it? Look, I know this man is your friend and all, but I've got some reservations. What do you mean? You've only just met the man. I promise, Van Helsing is one of the brightest physicians I've ever known. Oh, I understand. I'm just a little skeptical about his methods. What are you talking about? Those bags of medicinal items he sent me to fetch? Well, take a look for yourself. Flowers? <laughs> Garlic flowers? You see what I mean? What kind of medical professional in this day and age is prescribing common garlic? I see. Now, Miss Lucy, you're sure that it was after your friend found you on the cliff that you began having these dreams? Yes, every night since. And the dreams get progressively worse and worse. I'm sure I'd feel better right away if I could just have one night where I didn't see his eyes. His eyes? Did I say his? Forgive me. Perhaps Jack is right. I I'm in no condition to work. Would you mind helping me out of my apron? I, I think the knot's caught in my hair. Of course, my dear. Miss Lucy, do you know where you got these two wounds on your neck? Oh, um, <clears throat> uh... Miss Lucy, it is of vital importance that you remember where you got those wounds. Mina. Yes, Mina. She pricked me with a safety pin when she was wrapping a shawl around me. When was this? The night on the cliff. The night I first saw his eyes. You have been a great help, my dear. I shall let you get some rest. Gentlemen, let us reconvene in the hall. Until we meet again, Miss Lucy. I see you both have been amusing yourself with the contents of my luggage. But we didn't mean to pry. No need. We would have needed to unpack them soon enough. You found the cause, then? What is it? I believe I now know what is troubling the girl. However, her condition may be further along than I had suspected. I must go back to Amsterdam. We may be fighting something far mightier than any of us could imagine. But you can't just leave us. You've only just arrived. My dear boy, I do not mean to alarm you. But Miss Lucy's life may be in danger. In order to save her, you must do exactly as I say. I promise I shall return in two days' time. There are books I need, others I must consult if we are to exterminate this. While well, I am gone, Jack. You must sit in the hall at night and guard Miss Lucy's door. It is vital that you do not sleep. Take these flowers and make two garlands, one that you will drape over her window and one that Miss Lucy must wear around her neck when she sleeps. No matter how close the room must feel, 
You must see that the window always remains closed. Now look here. Promise I shall explain it all to you when the time comes. Until then, you must do this if we are to save Miss Lucy's life. Will you do this, Jack? Of course, Professor. Thank you. Goodbye, my friends. Do not fail me. Just as the professor had instructed, we began stringing the flowers about the room. I was now beginning to share Quincy's skepticism, but the severity on Van Helsing's face overcame my doubts. The 3rd of September. Lucy's condition is slowly improving, though the lack of sleep is now beginning to take its toll on my constitution. Despite the fatigue, I'm glad to see Lucy's strength coming back to her bit by bit. The 4th of September. Yesterday I received a telegram from the hospital requesting my presence at once. I promised not to leave my watch, but seeing my distress, Lucy's mother graciously offered to stand guard in my absence. Oh, Dr. Seward, thank God you're here. What has happened? It's Mr. Renfield again. He's gone and made himself sick. What do you mean? One of the attendants went to his room, give him his supper. They opened the door and there was blood and vomit as far as the eye could see. My God. And that's not the worst part. As they was cleaning the room, they found feathers mixed in with the rest of the mess. Feathers? Sparrow feathers. Good Lord. Is the patient stable? Oh, he should be all right now. Doubt he'll be up to speaking, though. All the same, I think I'll go and look in on him. As you wish. I'm here, Master. I'm here. Waiting for you. I'm ready. Dr. Seward, delightful to see you again. Good evening, Mr. Renfield. How are you feeling? I dare say I've been better. I heard you gave my staff quite the scare. Stupid creatures. They were nice at first, sitting sweetly in my hands. But they didn't want to stay down. Well, perhaps now you will give up this habit of trying to eat live animals. Yes. Yes, I believe you're right. Spiders and flies seem such trivial things to me now, now that the master is at hand. Who is this master you keep speaking of? <laughs> oh, you shall know him yourself soon enough. <laughs> in fact, I think it's time I followed in my master's footsteps. Nurse! Nurse! Quickly! Get him off! God! Your arm! He bit me. Put him in a straitjacket and give him a strong sedative. You can't hold me here forever. My master will soon have me free and you shall all know his glory. That's enough out of you, Renfield. Come on, you're coming with me. Just you wait, Doctor. My master will make you sorry for this. <laughs> I can see him now. <laughs> you think yourself so high and mighty. Meanwhile, he is feeding on your pretty little birdie as we speak. <laughs> Take him away. <laughs> the blood is the life. The blood is the life. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to this episode of Dracula, presented by Public Domain Players. 
My name is James Wipert. I am the creator and executive producer of Public Domain Players. Just wanted to jump in here and give you a quick thank you for listening to the episode and to encourage you to share it with your friends and family. Um, Also to share it online on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever that may be with the hashtag PDPDracula. That lets us see everybody's activity and enjoyment with the episode and helps us uh, share it out as well. And it feels a little better to see everybody's reactions. That's always fun. One quick thing that I wanted to share, a little fun fact. This past Thursday, as of the episode release, uh, which was May 26th, was the 125th anniversary of the first publishing of Dracula, the novel. It was published on May 26th, 1897. Uh, We put up a post on Instagram and Twitter with some fun facts about the original novel and Bram Stoker and some things like that. So if you want to go check that out, uh, that's just a fun little thing. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, we hope you enjoy that. We also hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So without further delay, here it is. Boss, here we are. We're Stenrod residents. Thank you. How much? Oh, it'll be 15 bits. Here you are. Good day, Governor. Jack, I thought I saw your coach as I was walking up. Arthur, my God, I hardly recognized you in that suit and cape. Forgive my saying so, but you look dreadful. I'm in mourning. My father passed two days ago. I've been in London tending to his affairs. I'm terribly sorry, Art. Your father was a good man. Thank you. It's good to see you again, Jack. How has Lucy been? I received a letter from Miss Murray that you've been looking after her. She's making a slow but steady recovery. I cannot express how grateful I am to you. Well, don't thank me. It is a trusted mentor I called on, Abraham Van Helsing, whom you ought to thank. In fact, I believe that's him pulling up now. Good day, gentlemen. Van Helsing, allow me to introduce you to Arthur Homewood. Ah, it's the young lady's fiancé. You're a lucky man. How is Miss Lucy Farings this morning, Jack? I'm not sure. I was called away last night. I've only just arrived. But... I told you she must be watched at all costs. Do not upset yourself, Professor. Mrs. Westenra kindly offered to stay up with Lucy in my absence. I thought I heard voices out here. Good morning, gentlemen. Mrs. Westenra, how is my Lucy? Oh, Arthur, it's so good to see you again. And you'll be happy to hear that she passed the night peacefully, without a single disturbance. Happy news indeed. Mrs. Westendra, when did you last see your daughter? Hmm. I believe it was a little after five, just before the sun came up. Thank goodness. I'm glad to hear she is responding well to my treatment. Oh, I wouldn't go taking all the credit, Professor. Jack did a most splendid job looking after her. And I believe Lucy's state this morning is due in part to me. How do you mean? Well, at one point during the night, I opened the door to look in on her. She was sleeping soundly. 
but the room was awfully stuffy. There were a lot of those horrible strong-smelling flowers about everywhere, and she actually had a bunch of them round her neck. I feared the heavy odour would be too much for the dear child in her weak state. So I took them all away and opened the window to let in a little fresh air. You will be pleased with her, Professor. Arthur, bring Mrs. Westenra inside and join us as soon as you are able. Of course, Professor. My God, quickly, there is no time to lose. Oh, my God! Lucy! She has lost a great deal of blood. Should we arrange for a, a transfusion? I'm afraid it may be too late. She is dying. Dear God. I heard shouting. What's the matter? My God! Lucy! Lucy? Arthur. Arthur, is that you? Yes, I'm here, love. I'm not going anywhere, I promise. Oh, Arthur, I've missed you so. Come. Kiss me. Kiss me, my love. Stop! Dear God, what is this? What has become of me? Dear God. Dear God. What have I become? It is as I feared. We are too late. She belongs to him now. Professor? Professor? I am here, my child. Guard them from me. Got them all. And at whatever cost, bring me peace. You have my solemn vow. Arthur, come to her. Take her hand in yours and kiss her on the forehead. Just once. My love. My love. My love. True. <laughs> there, there, Art. It's all over now. <laughs> I'm afraid not, my dear boy. It is only the beginning. <laughs> Hello again, everybody. James Wipert here. Thank you for listening to this, the fourth episode of Dracula. We are halfway through at this point, and things are definitely getting interesting. You can find Public Domain Players on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, we are at Public Players, and on Instagram, we are at Public Domain Players. You can post about the show on either of those websites or Facebook or any social media with the hashtag PDPDracula. It gets the word out there, makes it easier for people to find the show, and makes it easier for us to keep up with what everybody is saying about the show as well. If you really like what we're doing, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash publicdomainplayers. Starting at just $1 a month, you can get early access to episodes, you get downloads of scripts so you can follow along as you're listening, you get early cast announcements and early show announcements, that's my favorite, um, all stuff like that. Uh, anything you can do to help would be fantastic. We do not have any sponsors or anything for public domain players. This is all done through our dedication and hard work, um, so anything we could possibly get back from it is phenomenal, and we are endlessly thankful for that. But even if all you are able to do is share the show with your friends and family, we ask you do that because word of mouth truly does get us very far. 
This episode of Dracula was written by William Muir and directed by myself, James Wipert. The cast appeared in the following order. Andrew Biss as Jack Seward. Chris Dunlap as Quincy Morris. Robert Fleet as Professor Von Helsing. Kira McFarland as Lucy. Francis Brody Aldridge as the nurse. James Wipert as Renfield. Timothy Simpson as the driver. Larry Oblander as Arthur Holmwood. Francis Brody Aldridge appearing again as Mrs. Westenra. The Dracula artwork as well as the Public Domain Player's logo were both created by Bad Otter Design. You can find them on Instagram at bad.otter. Hire them for all of your graphic design needs. They are truly phenomenal and have made all of the artwork for all of the Public Domain Player shows. And it's all beautiful. Hey folks, we all know that it has been kind of heavy out there in the news cycle. Not just recently, but over the last several years or however long it might have been. Um, but we do sincerely thank all of you for listening to this show, and we hope that it gives you just a brief reprieve from anything that may be going on in the world or your life or, or anything at all. Just a nice 20, 30 minutes to sit down and enjoy something and escape away to a different world for a little while. Yeah, so thank you very much for listening. Uh, we do really, really appreciate it. I cannot thank all of you enough. That is about it for this episode. I don't want to just keep you here, so stay tuned in two weeks' time when we get to episode five, as the plot is truly beginning to thicken. We hope you're all enjoying it. Thank you for listening. See you then.